What's going on, everybody in Shark Territory? I'm Aaron James. Welcome to the Shark City Podcast. Ooh. This is uh, going to be probably a lengthy episode. I'm going to admit that right off of the, you know, right off of the uh, puck drop here. Opening face off. We may be in store for a rather uh, lengthy episode this evening as we react and recap probably the biggest biggest news in I don't know how long probably since Jumbo Joe Thornton being acquired in my opinion uh, so if you haven't heard for some reason one way or another whether you decided to um, you know go off grid for 24 hours uh, general manager Doug Wilson has decided to step down from the Sharks organization and um, yeah I mean, definitely shocked. Uh, I believe most of us in Sharks territory already had this idea that this time was coming. Um, whether or not it was going to be in the next couple of seasons or, you know, at the end of the season, I believe was kind of the majority of how we all felt. But this coming uh, as an announcement, like just a few weeks before the end of the uh, regular season here is taking everyone by surprise and uh, we're going to try to gather our thoughts and react to yesterday's news uh, here on today's program. So uh, Doug Wilson steps down to Sharks GM. His statement was released. You could find his uh, full length statement on the Sharks webpage, sharks.com. Uh, you can also check out our Twitter page at Shark City Hockey. We shared, we retweeted the link so you could find it there. Uh, so I'll just read the first and last paragraph of what Doug Wilson said. These past 19 years serving as general manager of the Sounds of Sharks have been a privilege and one of the most fulfilling and enjoyable periods of my life. I have been incredibly fortunate to work for and with some of the most talented and passionate people in the game of hockey. Uh, he went on to conclude that finally I want to thank everyone who has reached out during my leave of absence. While I have made great progress over the last several months, I feel it's in the best interest of the organization and myself to step down from my current duties and focus on my health and full recovery. I look forward to continuing my career in NHL in the future. So I think right away, a lot of Sharks fans out there was reacting to that last sentence about focusing on his health and full recovery. However, immediately after stating that Doug Wilson says he looks forward to continuing his career in the NHL in the future. So uh, before we go on to, you know, uh, diving into what that may potentially mean or what it doesn't mean, uh, let's, just review what the Sharks owner, Hazel Plattner, had to say about Doug Wilson's uh, decision to step down from the front office. Uh, so Sharks owner says, I want to personally thank Doug for his 19 seasons as general manager of the Sounds of Sharks. Doug and his staff produced remarkable results over a span of the very few um, that very few NHL teams can match. Pardon me. Highlighted by our 2016 Stanley Cup run. Doug has been an integral part of this franchise since the team's inception in 1991 and his impact on and off the ice will continue to be felt long into the future. Doug and his wife, Kathy, will always have a place as members of the Sharks family. Okay, so, you know, this was a huge, this is a huge, huge deal, huge news here in Sharks territory. Um, just, just the whole, like, idea of finding another general manager for a lot of you out there that's exciting because it means it's a whole um like real change the whole next phase of sharks 
hockey kind of begins now, so to speak. Uh, and then, you know, for, for a lot of us out there, including myself, this is like, whoa, like, like uh, regardless of how you feel about his transactions or some of the moves he's done recently, um, it's hard for myself as a fan to think about the San Jose Sharks without Doug Wilson. Um, obviously being the first captain of the Sharks in 91, giving the team some kind of legitimacy because of his star status in the league. Um, it, to, you know, leading the Sharks uh, with all of his transaction, all of his roster moves into building, you know, a Stanley Cup final t- finalist. You know, we didn't win, but we were in that, you know, Stanley Cup final in uh, 2016. So, you know, he's been a part of the Sharks organization practically its entire 31, 32 years going on now. So, yeah, a uh, bittersweet. <laughs> Welcome to everybody in uh, in the Instagram chat. And, um, you know, by all means, feel free to, you know, leave your comments. We have already someone who's submitting their application to the GM role there. What's going on, Rocky Zach? We see you here at Shark City. Um, Yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy. I want to try to gather my thoughts because, you know, I thought I would spit this all out, like just kind of going in chronological order, which I, I will kind of jump back on. But I do want to um, not sound so scripted or rehearsed so to speak i do want to kind of just be raw in my own reaction but um yeah you know there's a lot that's going on in terms of you know uh, or there's a lot to to review and react there's a lot to react to i guess you know not just doug wilson leaving uh the sharks organization like officially you know he pretty much is unless he comes back which you know uh the president and assistant general manager who looks like he's going to be, you know, they're not going to name him necessarily the general manager, but he's definitely assuming that role for sure. Now that's Joe Will. Uh, you know, they both had commented saying that there's always a, you know, a place for Doug Wilson in the organization if he wants to go back, you know, to the Sharks. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there that maybe there's, um, or there's talk out there, pardon me, that perhaps Doug Wilson may be finding himself in another role, maybe even a higher role to a different club in the future. So we'll we'll go into that as well. But before we even begin, we would not be doing Doug Wilson um, justice and we wouldn't be honoring him properly if we did not quickly review his accomplishments here in Shark City, um, or excuse me, in San Jose with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, so for those of you who haven't seen it, we actually made... A video of the 2003-2004 Stanley, uh, excuse me, San Jose uh, Sharks, the first team to get to this, the Western Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and um, you know we briefly kind of covered the transition of Wilson becoming the GM um, in in 2003. So if you want to check that out, that's available on the website SharkCityHockey.com. But anyways. Continuing on to the point, um, since Wilson's taken over in 2003, the Sharks have made it to the Stanley Cup playoffs 14 times. Um, he had given us, I believe, five. It was five Western Conference uh, final appearances, 2004, which is covered in that video just mentioned previously, 2010, 11, 16, and 19. Obviously, in 16, we went to the Western, excuse me, the Stanley Cup final. Uh, he had five divisional titles, not he as in Doug Wilson himself, but the work he's done as a GM, pardon me if I'm um, you know, not saying this properly, 
But um, back to the point, you know, he he's responsible for, in my opinion, what I feel and know what the Sharks are to this day. Uh, under Doug Wilson's tenure, whether or not you know some of you feel him or not, how how you feel about EK sixty five, but you know, um, that's just what Doug Wilson did for San Jose. He was always in the mix, always in the mix of the trade talk, always trying to improve the club. And we've seen him bring over Joe Thornton, obviously, uh, Dan Boyle, Danny Heatley. I know a lot of you have feel some type of way about heat, you know, heater out there as well. But it is what it is. It was a blockbuster deal. Uh, Burnsy, Brent Burns, and then um, drafts his drafts of selections. Look at who just signed. Look at who's having an all-star year. Hurdle, Meyer, Ferraro looks like an up-and-coming uh, future defensive star for San Jose. Um, Logan Couture, Vlasic, obviously Joe Pavelski, that first year as a GM. So, yeah, you know, uh, a, a lot of Celtic Sharks history has Doug Wilson's like name written all over it, like his hands, um, you know, his decision making. However, you want whatever cliche you want to use. Essentially, you know, I cannot see this um, any clearer than. Doug Wilson is essentially the sounds of sharks. You know what I'm saying? Like Doug Wilson brought the sharks to that new level with these deals. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the best I could do without trying to sound repetitive. A lot of this information has probably been um, digested already more than once given all the news and various uh, platforms out there. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet um, in terms of my reaction on his you know, him um, leaving San Jose. I mean, I'm not going to speculate on his health. Uh, fans here in Sharks territory wish Doug Wilson a speedy uh, recovery. But I believe, you know, Doug Wilson, he's a class act and he did what was best for a franchise as he always has. And he um, essentially, you know, seeing that he was not going to return anytime soon. You know, he did what any honorable general manager would have done and just, you know, put the organization first and now there's a vacancy there for um what's going to really become you know the the next like the the true next wave of sharks hockey anyways let me take a let me take a quick breath here Whew, it's been it's been an exciting 24 hours to say the least um you know mine is boggling over here wondering you know exactly what's going to happen in the future before i go into that let's cover some of the um Reactions y'all had out there on Instagram. Um, so uh, a lot of people were wondering if whether or not um, a lot of okay, the overall sentiment was essentially like it's kind of sad to see him go, but it's exciting that the team is you know, like things kind of feel new. Right. So um, with that being said, uh, we have Instagram users. Uh, Gunner Top submitted the question saying it's long overdue. <laughs> Sharks are mediocre. I thought I'd start it off blunt, keep it real. At <laughs> um, Ramirez fifteen on Instagram said, "Well, I'm going to miss all the good trades he does. I'm there with you." Uh, Guzma four K says, "Sad, but nineteen years is pretty long for a G- GM." Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree with that. Um, it wasn't a bad nineteen seasons, though. It it is long overdue for change. But, yeah, um, that is, you know, two decades, and the franchise has only been around for, like, almost 
31 years now, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to think of the San Jose Sharks without Doug Wilson. Like, Doug Wilson is San Jose Sharks. I know he was just inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame for his um, his accomplishments as a player, as a star defenseman in the league, uh, mainly for what he did with the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, he spent the final two years of his career in San Jose as the first captain. Um, but, that you know, that Hall of Fame induction kind of definitely swings toward, you know, his accomplishments in Chi-Town, so to speak. Um, I believe what he's done with San Jose would probably get him inducted again as a general manager. Anyways, uh, let's move on to some more reactions. Uh, Dungeons and Crate Dragon says, Will they retire his jersey before Jumbo or Patty? I think yes. I really do. Um, now that it's kind of done, now that that uh, chapter in Sharks history has come to an end, you know, um, I do see Doug Wilson. You know, I always thought it would be Patty. I'm an advocate for, uh, you know, Nolan, Nabokov, those, you know, number 11 and 20. The Sharks love to put that numbers, those jersey numbers in rotation. I don't understand it. Um, you might argue maybe even eight, number 18 for Mike Ritchie. But I definitely think that if we're going to do, um, hopefully starting next season, they already mentioned, uh, you know, the president of the Sharks already mentioned, uh, Jonathan Becker said that they will have some type of um, celebration for him next season. And hopefully that celebration ends with what you're suggesting that being, you know, first Jersey retired in sharks territory belongs to the first captain of the team anyways. So yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, it was quite the, um, haymaker. That's the best way to say it, it was a haymaker. I know a lot of us out there in sharks territory were very, um, vocal about, the deals that were made, especially the last few years. But I think overall, um, you know, Doug Wilson elevated San Jose Sharks hockey, not just from the first year as a captain, but he did it when he was a general manager. And, you know, he, he put us on that national stage. Um, so anyways, what's next, right? That's the real big question. What's next? So, Back to the owner. Uh, so Hazel Planner put out a statement saying, beginning immediately, the Sharks will launch an extensive external search for a new general manager of the club. Joe Will will serve as an interim general manager until the conclusion of the process. The search community for a new general manager will include Planner, Sharks interim general manager Joe Will, and Sharks president Jonathan Becker. There is no set timeline to hire the new general manager, but the process will be guided by the organization's ability to interview all of the desired prospective candidates. End quote. Ooh, that was a lot. Um, if you all out there listen to like Sharks Audio Network, and you get a lot of their, um, you know, you get a lot of their uh, programs. They're available out there as well. If you want to listen to them via like podcast form, but if you listen to the Sharks Audio Network. They had some exclusive interviews with essentially the front office, you know, with the president and with the AS, uh, the AGM, uh, Will and Becker. And uh, what they pretty much did is they echoed the pretty much the same thing that Platner put out, being that they're going to take their time. There's no 
necessarily like deadline set to fill this vacancy and um yeah like essentially i mean let's let's before i put my take on this let's just kind of cover a little bit more from you know some of the uh, pros and the insiders out there so pierre lebron he uh tweeted out that the sharks general manager search plans to be extensive if he had to guess a dozen or so candidates at the outset uh, varying from former GMs, up-and-coming AGMs, player agents, former players. The intention is not to rush the process, willing to wait to talk to all targeted candidates. Anyways, and then he, he also reinstated again that the Sharks won't rush AGM higher if they don't need to. Um, so what does that mean? Obviously, it means that the Sharks... They want to have somebody who they feel is the best fit for the culture. Someone who's going to, you know, come in and be, you know, live up to, you know, that that's that's the big shoes to fill with Doug Wilson and his legacy. Obviously, everything I mentioned results in zero cups. Very aware of that out there. A lot of, you know, that narrative that's floating on out there being he's done everything, but he hasn't won a championship. You know it is what it is, okay? I'm not going to make a comment on whether or not that should define his entire tenure in San Jose. I personally believe, like, everything that he's done put us in a position to win a cup. Sharks had an opportunity on on several occasions, and, you know, they were bested by teams who were just a little bit better that season, being, like, the Flames, the Canucks, the Blues, and, you know, the Penguins. And at one point, the Blackhawks. Okay, so anyways, back to the point is, you know, for for whatever the case may have been, the games and the series didn't go in the Sharks' favor. But, you know, they were knocking on the doorstep of a Stanley Cup championship for years, for years. Okay, so anyways, obviously zero cups. Some people use that as the, you know, the, the defining factor. He didn't win a cup. It is what it is. Okay. Um, but the reason I'm 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 even like covering all this is because supposedly, supposedly, what's being said out there is like you know that the process is going to be to hire somebody who's going to have that same kind of standard, right? Like come in and expect you know Stanley Cup or bust in lame in layman's terms, all right? And um, at the same token, though, this is Curtis Pachalka uh, of San Jose Mercury News. He tweeted out. That Sharks president, Jonathan Becker, said, if we come to the conclusion that the right person for our franchise ends up doing an overhaul, that's the decision we take. It's not the expectation we start with, but it's what. But if that is what happens in the process, we will learn through the process. All right. So on one hand, you have them saying, we're looking for somebody to give us the same winning standard or the same gold standard, so to speak. We'll call it till standard. All right. We'll keep it relevant to Sharks hockey. But, you know, we have the same till standard. That's what we want from the next GM. But the same token, they they are stating that, hey, if this next person that comes in decides pretty much, you know, blow it up and do a full rebuild, then they'd be on board for that. Um, obviously, they're leaning more toward not rebuilding and winning now and spending to the cap and all these other, like, you know, buzzwords and slogans that they've kind of dished out in the past couple of weeks. 
But um, long story short here is there's three things and I'm doing my best to do the justice to cover the facts out there first. But there's three things that I take from this as a Sound of the Sharks fan. Number one, it seems like the Sound of the Sharks will not have a general manager next year. Number two, when they do find that general manager, expect expect there to be what a lot of Sharks fans have been like kind of asking for. Some of them like demanding it which is full rebuild. Okay. And then um, the third and final thing is it seems as if Joe will and president Jonathan Becker are going to be the ones that are going to be running the franchise going into uh, the next season. Um, the sharks already publicly kind of declared that, Hey, we're not going to rush this process. We're going to find who's right, but they're already talking about uh, the Personnel that they have on hand at the moment will suffice for free agency and draft day. Um, They're also making comments about how some of the people that they may be interested in hiring or, you know, interviewing for the position, they may not be available right now until the end of the season or maybe even longer like maybe the right candidate hasn't even emerged to becoming an NHL GM, so to speak. Uh, but they also did kind of uh, mentioned uh, the one thing I want to know is that they mentioned, and it seems like this, it seems like this is the standard, or excuse me, not the standard, but the expectation is that it's going to be an external hire. So, you know, for some of us out there who thought perhaps. AGM Joe Will may be the next person to like, you know, inherit the role. It seems like they want to give this GM spot to somebody who's not within the organization at the moment. So that's kind of promising. That's kind of promising because, you know, it's nice to get a fresh perspective on things and um, no better way to start a, a real change in the organization than by getting fresh perspective and new takes on uh, what's going on for Sharks hockey out there. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the biggest news, I think, from yesterday. Uh, Sharks have, um, you know, they, they have quite the task ahead of them, and I don't expect it to be completed. Honestly, I don't expect it to be completed until, like, the end of the next season. I know that sounds crazy, but some of the, some of the messages that they're giving out there is, is essentially saying, like, hey, listen, there's no rush. And it seems like they have people that may be in mind, but maybe they're not available until, you know, whatever it is they're currently doing. Anyways, uh, I don't want to speculate too much here. What I do know is that uh, Pierre LeBron, he did an interview on Sharks Audio Network, and I believe that this is kind of available on the uh, Sharks Hockey Digest programming that they have out there. And um, he did an interview mentioning how there is a candidate that he sees fit for um, you know being the next potential GM of the Sounds of Sharks, but I'll leave that information for that um, you know for that episode exclusively. Uh, so, if the Sharks did decide to blow it up and rebuild, in my opinion, what 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 I what would I look for? I would look for them to trade the vets, call up the kids, 
put the old school Sharks uniforms on them and let's watch the future Sharks try to win some NHL games now, right? We'll see. It doesn't look like it's going to happen next season. Um, really quick, speaking of, um, you know, if they decided to, you know, just start cutting the strings and letting, letting you know, parting ways with these players, maybe t- sending them to wherever their preferred team is on their, uh, you know, no trade clause or no movement clause, right, on the contract. Uh, Eric Carlson uh, reported, this was yesterday, he um, was noted saying that if they bring in someone new, we all know what that means. We're in a position right now where we haven't done very well for an extended period of time, and we should feel a bit uneasy. Things are going to change. Things are going to have to change. So, you know, you have the leaders and the veterans and, you know, some of these guys with these um, lucrative contracts out there already, you know, recognizing, you know, what's going on here. And there's potential that that someone might come in and just, hey, let's, uh, you know, like pull the rug from under us, so to speak, and, you know, let's let's shake it up. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I really am super excited for what this could potentially mean for Sharks hockey and, you know, from this fan perspective, from, you know, this side of the whole, um, you know, game. But I'm also a little worried because I could see this season, like the results like we've had in the last three seasons going on one more year as the Sharks not just trying to find, you know, find who they are as a team, but perhaps, you know, um, man, I hate to say this. You know, if you listen, if you listen to us regularly, you know, in the previous episodes, we talked about how Joe Will has publicly praised Bob Bugner, that he's very pleased with the job he's doing now. Um, you know, you have the president of the Sharks and the, AGM right now running the show. So, um, yeah, you know, Bob Bugner, I think his job is safe. I know a lot of people out there are starting to talk about, let's get rid of him now, but it doesn't make sense. This is going to probably be one of those deals where the Sharks are going to bring in a general manager, head coach duo. I mean, that only makes sense. Why bring in a GM into what the Sharks have been kind of like working on and trying to establish this last three seasons. They're not quite there yet, but you know, all all the pieces are, are kind of being assembled. They're being, they're being, you know, ready to like roll, ready to rumble, so to speak. Um, so yeah. Why, why would you, why would you bring in a new GM next year? When, you know, we have Bob Bugner and a team that's still trying to, you know, define themselves. Uh, trying to find out, you know, exactly, you know, what they are because averaging one point per, um, per game in the standings is, you know, it's not cutting it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, again, this is just pure fan reaction here, but the way I'm seeing it is, you know, get ready for one more year of, uh, you know, potentially, Uh, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to jinx it, but you get on trying to get out there. All right. Um, moving on. I'm going to try to move on. It's going to be hard to transition out the whole Doug Wilson news and what it could potentially mean. But we have to. We have to move on. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been, um, you know, 
and join the program with us right now live on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Just as a reminder, I'm Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast, uh, the flagship show of Shark City Hockey. Content created and distributed by fans of the Sounds of Sharks. Check out the webpage, sharkcityhockey.com, for 24-7 music and 24-7 hockey. All free, uh, no charge, no gimmicks, nothing. Just go chill and check it out. All right, so... um, you know, we talked about Doug Wilson stepping down. We talked about the legacy. We kind of speculated whether or not that means that we'll have a GM by the end of 2024. Or, excuse me, by the start of 2024. And, uh, yeah. I think we're going to try to lighten it up a little bit. And uh, let's talk about something that I've been following here on this um, show for a minute. And that is the new Adidas Addy Zero Heritage Classic jersey. Uh, I was kind of mess, kind of um, talking about how I was a little disappointed and how the Sharks are not carrying it at the Sharks store. Uh, exclusively learned here and shared in previous episodes, uh, they are not going to carry the Heritage Classic jersey that looks like the 1991 original style with the V-neck look. They're not going to carry the Shark Store because they just have an abundance of 30th anniversary jerseys in stock. Uh, so, yeah. I went out and I found out where they were going to have it in stock. And I confirmed in person. Got to check it out. And uh, here's my review. So, they're at a sporting goods store. You could, um, you know, Google it and find it out yourself because I don't want to have any free plugs in here. But the... Uh, 1991-inspired Heritage Classic jersey by Adidas. Um, I guess <laughs> I was, and I hate it sounds so negative, but it's just, it is what it is. I was less than impressed, okay? Um, so here's a couple of features that are different from the rest of the jerseys. Obviously, it's the first jersey since the early 90s. It's the original's. To bring it back to the V-neck, uh, the V-neck look, as I mentioned previously, um, they have the manufacturer. This being Adidas, their logo is in the back, lower right, as they used to do back in the day in the nineties. Um, they have a Heritage Classic patch that's like a pretty. It's just a block of a tag, if you really think about it. But it's a big old like square sewn into the back of the jersey where you know the um where the size and, and all that stuff is listed and uh you know it's kind of supposed to be for its authenticity and then right next to it is an actual sounds of sharks patch that says 1991 so i thought those were all kind of unique features obviously it's uh you know the the idea the concept is beautiful it has the uh, heritage logo jersey in the front and the traditional old school you know fins secondary logos on the shoulder pads and you know it's something nice to look at now i tried it on i tried it on obviously um so out of all the previous jerseys you can really tell that this one was made from recycled plastic um, it just kind of looked cheap. The sleeves were super loose, super loose. I mean, you're talking like '90s baggy jeans and sleeves loose, okay? Um, 
it kind of reminded me of the reverse retro as in there wasn't really anything great about the design of the jersey like it didn't really work uh, the only thing that was saving it is the original logo and that's a shame because i was really excited but now i kind of understand why one they're not stocking it in the store because the 30th anniversary is a far superior jersey and i had some problems with that one as well i'm not gonna lie um, I did not care for how the design was near the waistline. Um, like it kind of like gets a little oblique as it gets toward the um, the bottom stripes. Uh, on that's the 30th anniversary. This one, you know, um, the fit in the front and the back were fine, but those sleeves are just killing it. I'm telling you, it was like pillow pillowcases on your arms. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. It really is. May I pick one up? I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, if you are interested, they are at that sporting goods store. Uh, oddly enough, they're not featured like I thought they would be, you know, you walk into a, a sports store or a Jersey store and you can see them featured. They're like on a rack looking like they're almost for sale, uh, you know, mixed in with a bunch of other sharks jerseys. So anyways, um, yeah. I I honestly felt like like th- you know that's the reason why the sharks didn't really spend too much time in promoting it either because it kind of like um it's kind of a letdown. Anyways, uh moving on. So the sharks since we last got together, they've dropped two games. They dropped to the Oilers and then um man. You know what? I didn't want to talk about this, but we're going to have to. Evander Kane Evander Kane has been putting himself to be quite the assets for the Edmonton Oilers. Who'd have thought? Um, in the 32 games that he played, uh, this is the time of when I grabbed these uh, stats, by the way, okay? But in the 32 games he played, he had 16 goals, 12 assists, 28 points, three power play goals, two shorthanded goals, and one game-winning goal. He plays on the top line with the likes of Connor, Mc- Mc- Connor McDavid. I can't even say his name. Um, Sharks lost the Oilers in overtime with a uh, Mike Smith leading pass to Connor McDavid beating Reimer low glove side. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy that the um, you know the whole like Evander Kane episode. You know, there's so much noise surrounding him all season, and then once he was gone, it's like. We're not even trying to say his name anymore in Sharks territory, which I find kind of strange. And then, um, and then you know, he goes on this new squad, and he's you know he's handling it. He's handling business. You know, I'm gonna just call it how it is. And um, yeah, I mean, how do you do in San Jose? Not so impressive. Zero points. He had 23 shifts and only generated two shots. Played for over 21 minutes. But, um, you know, for the rest, the rest of his, uh, you know, tenure with the Oilers. I mean, I think they came out, they they came out on top by signing him. But anyways, it is what it is. Is You know, I I guess I bring it up because that's the three things that I think are going to define this season. And, you know, we're kind of, jumping around and reacting and, and, you know, kind of reflecting on, on, on sharks hockey. Uh, 
everyone kind of knows this. You know, the season's over. We're not going to playoffs. If if we made it, wow, what a miracle! But we're we're not going to playoffs. So you know, all we could do really is like kind of reflect on on the things that are going on. But if I had to reflect on this entire season, it, it could be like summarized with three stories: Evander Kane, Tomas Hurdle, and Doug Wilson. You know, so man. It's been crazy. You know, speak, speaking of, um, you know, people stepping down, Ryan gets laughed. You know, this is not Sharks related, but I, I have to mention his name. He, he's played over 1,150 games, all with rival Anaheim Ducks. And, you know, I remember, you know, seeing that guy play plenty of times at the tank. Once, one time I took my, um, my girlfriend. It was so hilarious. This is when we first kind of got together. Like way back when, but um, one time we we're at the game and we were like right behind the bench, and she was like, "Hey, gets laughs? Do you get laughs?" I it's so dorky, but it had it had me rolling. Anyways, that's when I knew it was love. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, Ryan Getzlaff is retiring. He announced his retirement, and um, the last home game for the Sharks this season will be against the Ducks. So, for those of you who are able to. You know, you have one more opportunity to see Ryan Getzlaff play in the National Hockey League. One last opportunity to play in San Jose. And uh, that's the final home game of the year. I would argue that Ryan Getzlaff surpasses Paul Korea as Ducks' greatest captain in franchise history. And that's all I'm going to say about that because this is a show for the Sounds of Sharks. Anyways, um, so we have a question. What's your deal on a new GM? Instagram question. If if you could elaborate, that would be great. But what I'm guessing is that you're saying is, um, you know, what what do I think? What do I think? Because some people say, what's your deal? That might mean like, hey, man, like, what's your problem? But if you're asking what's your deal in terms of like what I think of a new GM, um, I don't know. Patrick Marlowe? Just kidding. I hope we do not do another player, X-Jarx player. X Sharks captain. That that would drive me nuts. That would drive me nuts. I think whoever it is that they decide to bring on board, they have to generate excitement about it. As I mentioned earlier, um, it has to be like a GM head coach combo. Like they're gonna have to bring in and, and pardon me for you know um transcending sports here, but it's gonna have to kind of be like our neighbors here in the Bay Area, the San Francisco 49ers, when they brought in general manager Kyle Shanahan. And head coach, excuse me, head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager uh, John Lynch. I really do not like to refer to football during hockey talk, but it is what it is. Um, I think it would have to generate excitement like that for the Sharks, for the fan base, for the players. Um, you know, you don't want somebody in there, and I don't mean any disrespect to Joe Will. There's, there's no reason to see why he wouldn't even uh, be. Uh, why he wouldn't be considered as a candidate. But I think for, you know, for the organization, for the team, for the fan base, for the market, it's going to have to generate interest and it's going to have to be fresh, brand new. It's going to have to, you know, come with promise. And I think if you go somebody with somebody inside the organization or, or, or a previous player, I think you're going to get... um the whole kind of feel of like more, more or less of the same, you know what I'm saying? And 
you know, the Sharks only have one, you know, this is their first chance in almost 20 years and 19 years, you know, um, for, for the owner, for the current owners, you know, for, for the current front office. This is their one chance. They only got this chance. This is one chance for, for the franchise in 19 years to make a decision that's going to have, you know, a long-term effects on the, you know, on the Bay Area hockey scene. So, you know, the pressure is on. I understand when, when you know, the president or the owner are saying things like, hey, we're not interested in a full rebuild. They probably can't do that here in the Bay Area. Um, you don't want to go in a situation where, you know, you start to hurt your product and make it almost irrelevant when you have other teams around here um, competing, you know, for that fan attention anyways. But yeah, you, you have to make it somebody, like, in my opinion, that's going to generate interest. How do you do that? Is that the job of your marketing team? Is that the job of your public relations team? I don't know. You know, speaking outside of my element here, but just strictly as a fan, if you're going to bring in somebody new, um, let it be somebody that's going to um, let, let it be a package, general manager and a head coach. And that makes sense. I just don't see Bob Boudner losing his job this season unless the perfect head coaching candidate uh, surfaces. But I think you're going to want your new general manager to have a decision in that. Right. So. Um, when you have the comments again, and I've pardoned me for kind of being repetitive since some of this I covered earlier, but it's relevant to what we're saying now. When you have the people in the front office right now praising the work of how's being, you know, how the situation is being handled by Bob Bugner, I don't expect that um, that position being the head coach to necessarily, um, you know, pee on the hot seat going into the next year. So I again. Uh, my reaction, my prediction is the Sharks could take going into next season, maybe midway through the season, as long as, as they need is what they said. And when they were saying it, it didn't sound like like they even had anybody, um, or excuse me, that the people that they may have in mind may not be available until, you know, said time has passed. So we do know that Joe Will and you know the current administration, you know current uh, faculty or front office is going to handle the offseason stuff. So they're going to be handling and holding it down going into next season. We're not going to have a general manager next season, at least during the faceoff, the opening faceoff. Um, will we be lucky to get it midway through the season? Yeah, but the way the way it sounds to me, this is pure speculation at this point. But the way it sounds to me is going to be about you know. I'm thinking like 2023, 2024, but we'll see. Um, all I know is this, okay? All I know is this. Um, we're going to have to, like, if it's not next year, if they want to do the GM package and a new head coach package, which makes sense to me, then I would say, you know, that would be the time when, in my opinion, and this is going to just kind of be pure, like, soapbox tangent as we begin to wrap up the the show here. But um, I think if they're going to bring someone in, a new coach, a new GM, and the direction that they, that new GM and coach decide to go in is a full rebuild, and they start getting rid of, uh, getting rid of players, and then they start implementing the draft picks, which makes sense because, 
you know, first it was like, hey, Eklund's going to be here in April. Now he's not. It doesn't make sense for them. That's what they're saying. They're saying the same thing with Tomas uh, Bordalo. He's obviously, you know, having this season extended or, you know, kind of ended, pardon me, <laughs> with, uh, you know, the whole Frozen Four tournament going on. But the point I'm trying to get at is, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like these draft picks are going to be implemented into the, the hockey system or even like, you know, be, you know, um, put into the roster uh, next season. It just doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem that way. So my, my guess would be once a new GM and head coach are on board, then they kind of start to clear cap space via trades, uh, working out deals, with the vets, sending them to the places they, that they want to go their you know, short list, whether three, five, seven, whatever the case may be of teams, where, where they'll go, move the veterans, put in the new kids, and please pray to God, bring back the Sharks' original look. And that's the last thing that we're going to end this show on, and that's the original look, okay? It's something I just want to address tonight. I just want to clear the air and, and you know, just say it. I just want to clarify there's nothing groundbreaking with the statement that the Sharks need to return to the original look. So to not, you know, to, to not risk sounding biased, I want to be fair. I want to first tell you what I like about the Sharks' current logo, okay? The three-dimensional look was the first thing I noticed when the switch was made in 2007. I thought that was pretty awesome. Like the shark is coming at you. The aggressive-looking shark resembled like an apex predator, and it was very, very appealing. And then the eye shape, okay? So the traditional kind of has that triangle, but this eye shape, again, was also refreshing given the overall impression of being atomically accurate. It, I thought it was pretty awesome. I liked it. What, what I don't like, what I don't like, okay, is the cartoonish-looking hockey stick, the curvy triangle, the the triangle crest that the shark emerges on top has curves inwards. And and then the orange. Obviously the orange. I understand that orange is supposed to kind of be in sync with the city of San Jose. But it just doesn't work. But also, I mean, at least for me, it doesn't appeal. But also the current logo, for me as a fan, it represents too much pain. Um, you know, we were just reviewing earlier some of the accomplishments under Doug Wilson. Well, yeah, you know, losing to Chicago, Vancouver, St. Louis in the conference finals, being the President's Trophy winning team and failing in the first falling in the first round, losing the Stanley Cup finals to Pittsburgh. You know, th- that all happened with this look, with this with this current logo. I honestly feel that you know, um the original logo represented a team on the rise. It represented a new era of Bay Area hockey. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I would like to see the Sharks go back to the original look. I would argue that if they were to return to the old school look, that they should adopt the 2001 until 2007 uniforms right before they made the change to the the kind of current look and format, right before they switched to Reebok Edge. And then keep the heritage as an alternate. Because in all honesty, and I remember this early internet days, early internet days, uh, when this uh, jersey leaked, the uh, Reebok Edge jersey, when they switched it up to the new Shark logo. You know, everyone loved the Shark. 
but the unis and the orange just it wasn't happening and i remember one comment stuck with me and someone had commented back in um you know when this was all fresh in 2007 that um they thought it was a joke they thought it was um they thought it was a prank they were saying there's no way this is real otherwise the sharks went from one of the best hockey jerseys in the world to the worst in the league so that kind of um yeah that kind of stuck with me i'm not gonna lie that left an impression because i felt it it felt real so i I would like to see the sharks you know consider throwing in the mix of you know returning to their to their roots especially now that we're in this position where you know we're starting to um Honestly, we're going to start to rebuild. You can't say it's not a, a rebuild now. You could try to push it off for another season. Expect it to be pushed off for one more year. Another year of Bob Bugner. Another year of, you know, just kind of like, you know, 50-50 hockey. One point a year. Maybe a little bit better. Maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe the Sharks improve and we and we make it, it make a wild card next season. Maybe. But... It seems to me as if the San Jose Sharks kind of already have, you know, their mindset on the future. Literally, their candidate, the GM, exists in the future. And that future isn't going to be when the puck drops in 2022-2023. And I think I've beat that horse enough. <laughs> it's done already. That's it. Anyways, uh, thank you to everybody who's been, um, you know, interacting on the whole um, Instagram live comment section. Thank you to everybody who's been watching across the multi uh, stream platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram live and Twitch. I am your host, Aaron James. That was a shark city podcast reaction to Doug Wilson, stepping down reaction to the future of the San Jose sharks. Sharing Doug Wilson's legacy. A review of the Heritage Classic jerseys and why the Sharks need to pretty much get this whole process rebuilding. It started ASAP, but more than likely it's going to go down in uh, another season. Maybe 2023, 2024. Hopefully I'm wrong. All right. That's it for this Friday evening. Everybody have a great weekend. Until next time, we'll finish off the program per usual. Let's go Sharks.